So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and dang it, can you believe it? We've done 100 episodes. You got it, 100 episodes of the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. And today, today, my friends, you are in for a treat. Why? Because we're going to do it just like we're going to roll it back like we did in episode number one. Episode number one was about my journey. But today, we're not going to share my journey, but we're going to share the same rags to riches, come up from nothing, come out, rise like a phoenix, and do something big. My next guest is none other than Mr. Will Harvey. Uh, you know, Will's the CEO of Capital Partners. And he came from the lending world, but he came from, got in a little trouble. I'll let him, I'll talk about all that stuff, <laughs> but he's got an amazing journey and amazing story. And um, it's, it's, you're going to, I think you're going to resonate with it on this 100th episode. It really is about the journey, real estate's a journey. And it's the, and, and the multifamily game, especially is a journey, but it's the best journey that I know that gives you the two things that I think most of us dream about, which is time and money. Will, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, Corey. Really humbled to be on here and, and really appreciate it. I'm I'm honored and thrilled to be the hundredth episode. Dude, uh, it's funny, you know. I, this is uh, two years ago. Now you would think that. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's been two years. Two years I've been doing this podcast. That's because yeah, and up. I, you know, I I started listening to your podcast about two years ago, and it's just awesome. And I'm kind of having to pinch <laughs> myself right now because I'm actually on it, which is really really cool. I remember I was I was like you alluded to, I was in the mortgage business, and I hated it. And uh, every time I would have the opportunity to drive, I looked forward to it because I I was able to listen to podcasts, and, and yours was definitely one of them. So. Oh, um, right on, man. I love it. Yeah, I got a ton out of everything. Because we don't, we, it's, there's no spin here. There's no, there's the, the BS it. stops right here. And we start getting real about like what's working. And then truly, it's almost like talking about your failures, right? All the things yeah, we suck right. at. It's only yeah. how we get an experience. So let's, let, let's, uh, let's unpack your story here a little bit, brother. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. take me back to the beginning before you were, let's, or, or do you want? Or where do you want to start? Yeah, at? so I can start way back. I I grew up and I was so I just got done reading your book, like I said, and uh, there were a lot of similarities there. Just how you were a hustler as as a kid. You're doing the stuff, you know, getting the tips at the pool, and uh, it's an awesome story. So, um, and I I can relate to that. So, but even when I was younger than that, when I was say ten or eleven, I started selling golf balls, and where where I grew up, my house backed 
to a public golf course and the people that played there sucked and they'd always shank their balls into the woods. So I'd go collect all the balls, clean them up, wash them, make them look pretty and shiny. And I'd walk across the, the street in my front yard. I'd walk across and I'd sell them at the private golf course. So I'd get them from the public course, sell them on the private course. And I remember I was like 10 and I made a, I remember I made over a hundred dollars one day doing that. And it was incredible. And from then on, I, from then on, I just realized that, you know, if I want something that, you know, I, I can go out and figure out a way to make it happen. So, um, so that was cool. And I learned those lessons from my dad. He, he always, he's been a business owner his whole life and he always taught me, you know, you want to, you don't want to go up the ladder. You want to own the ladder. So that was always what was instilled in me and it, and it helped me and was huge in getting me to where I am today. So that's, that's way back. And then going forward, I, I, I got into high school and I started going down the wrong path. I was on a cruise uh, one New Year's. I think it was 08 to 09. And I got drunk. And I remember that feeling of, of uh, being drunk for the first time. And I just wanted to chase that feeling every everywhere I went after that. And I just got real into alcohol soon, then got into uh, marijuana and, uh, and pills and all kinds of stuff. And that was going into my junior year of high school. And then it just got worse and worse into my senior year. I was, um, and it was crazy. I was taking Ambien before school and smoking weed and I would literally black out and not, I, I would come to in the last period of the day. It was unbelievable. It was, it was thinking back on that. And then going to college, it gets, you know, a hundred times worse because I'm out on my own. I get two marijuana possession charges, a few drunken publics at, uh, at, at, in South Carolina and just getting all this trouble. And it all culminated to me eventually uh, getting sober. There was a, my last semester when I was in school was just, just really bad. I got into all kinds of bad stuff, cocaine, um, you know, Xanax, you name it. And I had a really bad blackout and a family friend got me to, to agree to meet with him. And I ultimately that meeting saved my life. It was a godsend. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't know where people's faiths are out there, but, but I'm a Christian and I can attribute that to, to why I'm alive today. And, and, uh, it's awesome. So I, I, I got sober beginning of 2013 and that was a really weird time in my life. I dropped out of school, didn't really know what to do. It was, you know, I removed myself from that social scene and was kind of uncomfortable. Probably had to give up all your friends too, right? Like that's right. You're hanging out with, right? Yep, exactly. Keep them, keep them at a distance. You know, I still because they're associated with time. They're almost the wrong, you know. When you're well, into all that stuff, it's just using the wrong group, right? Exactly. And that's the thing is that you realize who your friends are when you go through stuff like that. And I realized that those quote unquote friends were not actually my friends. They were only friends when you have the, uh, the substance, the alcohol, the weed, the whatever to kind of bond that relationship together. So fast forward about a year and a half later, I ended up, I, I was obviously sober and, and it's kind of weird how you can get focused when you're not putting substances in your body. So I got yeah. real focused on uh, football and ended up walking on and playing football at a school in Ohio, small division two school and uh, was, was there. Eventually I had hip surgery and that was the end of that. So I dropped out of school for the second time. So I'm a double dropout 
And <laughs> real winner and in I, my book. That's I, right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's uh, whenever I talk to dropouts, I always high five them. I'm like, now <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> so I came home and and I decided I got a lot of pressure from family, friends, and all kinds of people. My my parents were really supportive though, and I I, I chose not to go back to school. So a family friend got me into the mortgage business, and I started doing that. And so that was your first. Lo- Real, we'll call it real job, like you know, yeah. coming out of uh, out of high That's school. Right. You, you know, got clean, got you know, and it, there's a real good story here. Just of it doesn't matter where you start, right? I, I really want. I, right. I believe in this so much. Like, in your lowest part, it's probably pretty low. And there's some people out there that are even lower, right? Yeah, but no, it it was it sucked. Yeah, yeah. You look back, you're like, oh, I don't ever want to experience that again. That's but the, exactly right. But you go through it. And then it's like you start making better choices, and you and like you said, you got you got clean, and then you got focused. And yeah. what comes out of that focus is probably is really everything. That's it, right? You hit the nail on the head. That's right. So, oh, and I and I look back, and I'm so grateful. As crazy as it sounds, is when I was at my worst was my last semester, and I was I was doing all these drugs, and and the the I don't know if you've heard of these whippets where you inhale. It's like nitrous oxide. You inhale it. And I was getting all these, it, it was that in combination with a bunch of other stuff and weed. And I was like, I was, there was this video game that we would play and I would literally have audible hallucinations of that video. It was weird. So of that video game. And it, it was just a low point. Like you said, I never want to go back to that. You know, so. coming on the other side and we've not even got into the success side, but like just to get to that place. You know, and then you had a family that still loves you, right? I mean, honestly, that's I, right. I, I, I hear that's what you're saying. That's what I'm hearing is no matter what, you, you had a support system too that really helped. I still had belief in you. That's right. right? That's it. I mean, they're they're once you got yep. once you got cleaned up, and they were still there to say, "All right, let's get you on your feet." Right. That's and it. Then you, and then you had another friend. This is why it's important to have friends in your life, man. That said, yep. let's get into the mortgage business. That's it. Yep. He was a family friend, great dude, and he took a flyer on me. I had no college degree. I was, like I said, it was a double dropout, and um, he took a flyer on me and saw a spark, and and um, he, he ended up hiring me. I worked and learned the business for about a year, was was back office, and I hated every second of it, but it was really good to to teach me the business and just really, really learn it, so... and. In that, I learned how debt worked, and I learned how I learned about real estate. Really, just single family. That's what we did. It was residential, yeah. but I still learned about the power of appreciation, of paying down debt, and all that stuff. So I ended up. I, I was making you started like thirty thousand. Yeah, you yeah, started exactly. Seeing the money game, right? That's it. And I, uh, I was on a small salary at the time. I live in the DC area and houses here are just ridiculously expensive. So there was no way I was going to be able to buy one on my own. So I went to my dad and I was like, Hey dad, if I find a good deal and I get tenants in the house, I'll pay the mortgage. I'll do everything. Can you help me? Can you just sign on the loan and pay the down payment? Uh, I can do an FHA loan. You can be a co-signer. And this is how it works. I'm in the business, so I understand that that we'll get approved, no problem. And he's like, "Let me think about it." And he does, and then he's like, "He's like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do that." And I'll obviously, take the risk. he was 
Right. He was really just trying to help me out. But that's exactly what I did. Even before I started in sales, I, I uh, bought this townhouse and I house hacked it before I even knew that was a word. And I got two renters in there. And the first month that those guys paid me rent, it basically covered the entire mortgage. And that was the light bulb moment. It was just like, I need to buy as much real estate as I can because this is awesome. So uh, fast, fast forward, I, 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 like I said, I, was, I worked uh, and, and learned the business for about a year. And then I transitioned into sales and I just hit the ground run and was, was super hungry. And I would go to, I would bake cookies, bring them to real estate agents, open houses every Saturday and Sunday for like four hours. And I would uh, just strike up relationships, take them out to lunch, wine and dine them and try to get business. And I, I, it really blew up and I was doing a, a lot of business and I won rookie of the year, my, my first year in the mortgage business, which was cool. And that at the end of that year, I ended up buying another house moved into it, rented out the prior one. Fast forward another 11 months after that, bought a third. And that's when I realized that single houses suck. Single family <laughs> houses suck. <laughs> I wish I had Corey Peterson in my ear back then telling me, dude, you're not doing it right. You need to go for the cash flow. <laughs> but unfortunately, I didn't. So got to three single families and uh, I actually still have all three. They and just to put it in perspective, I mean, they're rental properties for that I was buying for four hundred thousand dollars. So their rent multiplier made no sense. It just wasn't scalable. I was running out of all my money. So I knew I needed to to find a, a, an alternative way to to buy real estate and, and grow well because that was not going. That was not it. So and I was having tenant problems. It looks good on paper. Yep. You know, I own three houses. That's great, exactly. right? But like, that's, you can't go buy anything after you only if you only own three. Like, you're still broke. That's it, right? And, and you still and actually got to feed the machine because it's hungry. That's the the machine is is very hungry. That's right. <laughs> that machine will always be hungry, right? Um, and so, yep. So, how did you find multifamily? So, when I got to the point where I was starting to have, I had a tenant. One tenant stopped paying me. And then I, I had really the opposite ends of the spectrum. So one stopped paying me and would never communicate. And then another one in the other in another house. Oh, so it was going really good and then it didn't. It was going I, I mean you still say own really them, thank good. God, but like, like all of a sudden the crap like the ugly head reared its face. That's right. In your yeah. single family life, and you're like, oh shyster. Well, yeah, because I'm I'm like looking at this. You thing. thought you were a bad boy. Exactly. And, and and it was a house of cards because I, I never, it was like, I never experienced someone not paying me. So I always thought, oh, this is guaranteed income for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. So, so you find a tenant's uh, toilets and, you know, in tears, right? Yeah. Tenants. Yeah. What's that? The Grant Cardone thing, toilets, tenants, and permites. Yeah. <laughs> so, I call them. Tears. Yeah. So I, I, I can't pay my rent. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so I had one guy doing that. And then I had another tenant that would call me when a, a freaking light bulb would go out and it was just a pain in the ass. So I, I started, I think I was looking at a podcast on how to put systems in place to manage tenants better and all that. And I stumbled upon a multifamily podcast. You know what? It was Michael Blanc's. I stumbled on Michael Blanc's podcast, started listening to it. And I listened to, 
I, I believe I, I want to say it was your episode, the sunsets and palm trees thing. And that was what did it for me. And it was like within five minutes, I was like, this is the answer that I was looking for. And I completely, I mean, I'm not even kidding you. It's, it's, I basically built up these houses and was like, I'm going to buy one house every year. This is going to be my, my path to, to riches. Well, I didn't even know this. We didn't talk about yeah. this before we started. No, we didn't. But Dude, I'm, I'm part of your success story. 100%. Oh, 100%. hell yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, this makes it even more special on my 100th. Oh, man. And yeah. we didn't even know this was like, I had to look it up. I was like, wait, this is my 100th episode. Yeah. And you're right now telling me that I had an impact? A uh, huge impact, Gosh, man. Damn. I, I would I would get when I was first starting this, I had another <laughs> I had another buddy. He was a realtor that I met at an open house. I brought him some cookies. And him and I were real like-minded. He's a he's a young guy. And him and him and I would you actually know him, Zach Greger. You and yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And he him and I would get together and we'd just talk about all the stuff we learned from your podcast during the week. We'd write down action steps and uh and go out. We were just learning a, a ton. And right. that was that was really instrumental because there's putting yourself out there, bro. Yeah. And because did you leave me a review? Like, what's that? Did you leave me a review? I don't I don't think so. I, I'm guilty of not bad boy, dude. I know. Listen, <laughs> sorry about you're that. You're gonna go after this and give me my five star review. 100%. Damn it. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I will. On those early episodes, I asked for it every episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. Man, I. I apologize, Corey. <laughs> if I told you that ahead of time, you probably wouldn't have had me on here. <laughs> I oh, didn't man. know this, dude. This is super exciting for me, man. Like you're making yeah. my day right now. No, so, it, was, it was it was all it was all. So you awesome. went and I got in the massive. Realness. You got massive action. Like you started saying, like, let me just devour as much everything in multifamily as I can. That's it. Every book, every I listened to the books that you you uh, recommended, Multifamily Millions, uh, by Dave Lindahl. I read that, read a few others, and then I started. Like I said, my dad has been in business a long time. He has a a, a lot of contacts, and I I asked him to introduce. I had told him what I was doing, and he's like, "Well, let me introduce you to some people." So he did, and started meeting with people, and all these guys I would meet with. A lot of them did different things. A lot, a lot of them did developments and condo conversions and and multifamily as well. And it was so funny. I would, I would basically be interviewing them and asking them about all their stuff and their multifamily. And it, and I came across a common theme and it was that they'd all have these battle scars from condo, a condo conversion that went bad or a development that went south. And I'd ask them, Hey, how did your, how did your hundred unit multifamily that you own do during the recession? And they'd be like, Oh, didn't miss a beat. It was, it was great. It, 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 I never even noticed anything happen. So it was crazy, and and that kind of solidified it. And that's when I just just realized that this is this is the way to go. This is the way, right? That's right. Now that's really cool. That so now I got to ask you this. Yeah. Um. What does your dad think right now? He loves it, and he. What does your dad think so, of you, bro? Oh, he's he's very proud. He he's he's extremely proud of of um of me and I and I um am, am just so grateful to him. I'm, I'm sure everything. he's looking at your growth right now saying that's my boy. Yeah, I always, yeah. I always no, believed he, in him. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he is and he's 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 awesome. Every time we get together, we're always it's it's just fun talking about business and deals. Cuz he's in business and, and so like business guys right. like to talk about 
business, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's that's, a, that's the flavor, dude. It's like, hold on, let me show you what's cooking in my kitchen, yeah. right? I got these things working, and then, but business guys like to talk about business. So now you have a common theme that your dad, that's right. I'm sure, one thousand percent identifies with, and that's that's, that's, that's cool, dude. Yep. It's More importantly, how does it make you feel? It makes me feel. It makes me feel really good. And I think back to when I came home and it was humbling for me. And I'm sure it was humbling for him too, to explain to his friends, Hey, I got a 19 year old coming to, to live with me because he's a, a drunk and an idiot and has possession charges and you know, has yeah, to take drug yeah. tests from, from where, you know, where we were back then to, to where I got to now. And to have it's, the it's patience cool. with you too, right? Like, yeah. so, I mean, it was a, the patience and love. I mean, you're, you know, family, one thing is you, you you don't get to divorce your family. They're always family. That's and, right. Um, and so even though we all make mistakes sometimes, I've made a lot of mistakes. But um, yep. but when you come through it, it's like, it really is. It's pretty, it's a pretty neat special. It's a special thing, especially when you come from Amen. when you've screwed up enough, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, I can raise my hand too. That's exactly right. So, okay. Listened, listened, and did, you know, got all in it, read books, got yep. as, as much. So, then you're ready to do your first deal. What happened? So I had, when was that? It was, it was over a year ago. I had this property. It was my first mistake. So I had a, it was a 14 unit deal and there were two units that were not finished. So it was going to be, I was going to turn it into a 16 unit and it was all zoned and ready to go. And it was, it was four hours from me. I had it under, I had it this close to going under contract. It was under LOI. And I'm so glad that it, it that it fell apart because that would have been the dumbest thing ever. Going after 14 units that far away, me having limited experience, it would have been, it, it, you know, it, it probably would have been okay. But I, I mean, there was, I don't know. I, I just look back. I'm, I'm so grateful I didn't do that deal. And so I went out guns blazing, got that deal under, under LOI. And I knew what I was doing, but I was kind of, you talk about it, having deal goggles. I had deal goggles big time with that one. And I, I, it ultimately putting the contract together and passing it back and forth to the seller. And it ended up not even going under contract. That cost me like 10 grand. Oh yeah. There's an experience. Yeah. So that was an expensive, uh, an expensive experience and and taught me, taught me about billable hours. (laughs) Let's just say that. And that was, that was, that was not fun. That deal ended up dying. And then after that, there was this father and son and they, Put, I, I went to high school with the son. The dad coached me in Little League football. And they were about to go under contract on a 48 unit. And they needed help with uh, investor relations, bringing investors to the deal, bringing some money. Raise, raise so, money. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they, they asked me if I, was, if I wanted to be involved. I was like, absolutely. I looked at it. It was an awesome deal on paper. But come to find out, they were the group that owned it was running this thing. It was a 48 unit. They were running it as a... It was zoned as a motel. So these clowns were operating it as a market rate apartment and it was uh, it was zoned motel. So it was um, we, we ended up killing that one. And from there we were like, well, well what do we do? This is you know this is two deals that we've killed. How do I get in the game? And 
we had this other partner and we started talking to them and they were like, well, we're having, they, they had been in the business for a while. They got in kind of at the start of things in 2013 when, when things really started ramping up or before they ramped up and all eyes were on multifamily. So they had lots of broker contacts. They had done deals. They had a proven track record and they were getting good deals, but they were having a, an issue with, with raising capital. So they brought us in to, to help them with the, the capital side of things. And that's what we did. So we got into, we're in three deals right now across uh, 403 units. And um, we've been able to, to raise some money for their deals. And we have one that's, as we record this, it's under, under contract. And the cool thing you and I were talking about before this is that 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 one that's under contract? I was just we did a site visit uh, three weeks ago. And I was just there. It was it was nostalgic in, in a sense because it's at the university I was at, University of South Carolina, <laughs> where, I, where I got in all the trouble and <laughs> where I where I ultimately ended up uh, getting sober. And I or why I <laughs> that's the reason I got sober was that place. Yeah, and uh, it was it was funny. I went to, while I was there. I drove through where all the bar where the bar scene was and it was just like it was it was unbelievable looking at it thinking about where i was and it almost it felt like yesterday but it was it was a long you know seven eight years ago yeah so pretty pretty wild so now you have over 403 units that you're involved in yep on the gp side because you've been able to help raise capital yep and so and it sounds like that's your strength right raising money that's right. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of contacts being in the mortgage business. A lot of people in real estate, they they kind of come across the same thing where they don't want to buy, they don't want to deal with single family stuff. They don't want to deal with the tenants, termites and toilets. And they, they, they'd rather just, just give their money with, give their money to somebody that they trust. And it's going to be a steward of their money. And, and that's what, that's how we positioned ourselves. So our group, CEO Capital Partners, that's the name is is for, we go after the CEO type of people that are too busy working in their business and they don't have the time to deal with this. Right. So, well, dude, that's an amazing story, man. I appreciate it. I had no we're, idea. We're, we got way more to go. So we're, we, we, um, we're, we're nowhere near where we, where we want to well, be. Well, it's just so. the start. Like, listen, that's I mean, right. you know, you can't get escape velocity when you're trying to lift off, right? That's right. But um, but it takes a lot of energy and a lot of work just to get lifted off. That's right? it. That's a massive amount of fuel and um, and focus, right? That's right. Now, so what's some actual items that you can give to people? Um, you know, that's listening to this podcast, just like you like to get fed. How can you uh, help keep the feeding alive, brother? Yeah, absolutely. So. The first thing I would say, I wrote down a couple things. The first thing is don't have, or, or it's hard not to, but try to recognize when you're having um, paralysis by analysis, because that is the most crippling thing. I don't know. Do you agree with that, Corey? Absolutely. So many people go to seminars and, and meetups and conferences and all kinds of stuff, and, and they, they always... They always think the next one is going to be where they get the information to, to get out and do it, whatever it is that they're trying to learn about. And there, there never is going to be a, a point where you're 100% ready to go. 
I mean, I constantly am learning things every day. I'm sure you are as well, Corey, and you're way ahead of where I am. And yet you're always going to be learning things and you're, you're never going to be 100% ready to go. So my advice would be get out and get rolling. I mean, looking back, I wish I, wish I would have done that sooner. I mean, I had paralysis analysis even, even when I started. So that's, that's definitely a big piece that I would, that I would give. Yep. Actually met your dad. So good guy. No. So that was, uh, that was oh, Stuart. So that's, oh, that's Stuart's yeah. Dad. Yeah. That's, that's Brandon's dad. Oh, okay. I was your thinking dad. like that was your dad. No, nah, no. Nah. He's, he's a, everybody, <laughs> everybody thinks that it's funny. <laughs> You're like the 50th person to say that we go to that com- go, go to conferences together. and People think that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Stuart's so, a great guy though. No, it was, it, it well, and, and how old are you brother? I am 26. 26 year old making it happen. Making yeah. it happen. I appreciate it. Dude. I appreciate it. I can only, I mean, a 26 year old dude, I mean, I think I was selling cars. I know I was selling cars. <laughs> Used cars. I love that. You probably learned a ton from it. I mean, you know, but I wish I would have been doing real estate. My God. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I look at, uh, you know, the opportunity that you have right now in front of you is just amazing. And to set yourself up. So I honestly, obviously you're doing a podcast as well, right? Yeah, that's right. What's, that's what's right. your pod? What's your podcast? Yeah, it's called Wealth Junkies and it's not a multifamily specific podcast, but who we gear it towards our avatar is uh, somebody that's, that's in their early twenties. That's, that's graduated college has some college. They get out, they get a, a nine to five and they realize that this sucks. So that's, that's our avatar somebody that's that's looking to do something but they don't necessarily know just what to do and what we do is we interview uh, successful people that have started businesses that are freelancers whatever did that, my boy Isaac is he on yet he has not no I got to get him on I know I asked him a while back oh yeah and, you need uh, to get him on dude. I gotta get you on there too so oh, come on yeah so so that's what we do we we interview those people and and um, from from a lot some one guy, he was a part of Elon Musk's first big startup, Zip2, and yeah. he explained all about that. It was awesome. So just, just hearing that. It's and, just all um, kinds of different stories, not, not, just, yeah, exactly. not just real estate, right? That's right. So that's, that's There's exactly lots of ways right. to make money. But, yeah, but I will say it, it's, it's really, really funny how many people come on there and, and that have done it through real estate. So it's, it's bizarre. We have a segment called multifamily Monday and because we were just getting tons and tons of people yep. that, you know, it was, it was all multifamily. Let's, let me just, let me ask you this. This is a great question. Cause I want everybody yep. to hear this. Would you say that you get a lot of investors from your podcast? So Potential our podcast was, yeah. So our podcast was not geared. We, we actually, as we record this, we launch in a week from today. So we haven't even launched yet. We just have a bunch of interviews. We're launching as a daily show. So oh, we've are had you to kidding put me? In. Yeah. So we've had not to put even in. launched yet. Now we launch in a, in a, in a week. We're oh, all cool. We're all ready to go. We're working all right, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Consultant. I'm going to tell you what's yeah. going to happen. Tell me, please. Dude, you're going to, it's your podcast, dude. Like, listen, if I could tell anybody of like what to do, start a podcast. I love it. I mean, listen, yeah. the, one of the best, best things I've done two years ago in my 100th episode is started a podcast and I taught what I knew and or, or talked about what I, you know, it doesn't matter. You teach what you know, talk about what you want, like, you know, your subject, 
matter is great. I mean, but it's it's uniquely you, and it's a it's a story and a message, and it's something that you believe in. That's right. And I'm telling you, the right people will attract to it. The wrong people won't. And the right people will say, "Dude, I like this guy. Um, I like what he's what he's about. I want to invest one of his deals." And they'll find a way to get a hold of you. They'll find a way. Just like you made sure you came. Really encouraging. Yeah. Right. I mean, you met me. I'm sure you've gotten. You met me at Adam Adams, right? And you came right. found, found me out. You're like, hey, you know. Yep. And then we yep. had, and then it was get on my podcast. Yeah, that's right. And I and I've got the uh, I got the wax the glue gun. Oh, you got my. I got to show you that. Oh man, that was the first thing I bought when I got home, and I started doing the the wax seal. That's hey, if you're watching, I got mine right here too, bro. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. Oh man, yeah. No, I, 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 I can't tell you how many people I've sent that to, and they're like, "Man, that wax seal was really cool. Where'd you get that?" It's dope. <laughs> yeah, people love it. What he's talking about is uh, I can't remember what episode I talked about it at, but um, at this Adam Adams event, I presented on I believe in handwritten thank you notes, and one of the things that I've always done is, um, and then my daughter actually gave me this idea was like, dad, you need to step up your game. You should do like a wax stamp. And I'm like, Ooh, that sounds good. So then I went on Amazon, like we go shopping now and I found a wax silk kit. And then I customized my own little, uh, you know, initials and, a my little house logo. And, and then I too play noted when I learned that you could get a wax glue gun or a glue gun and you put a wax insert in there. The glue gun's a game changer. It's a game changer, dude. <laughs> that's right. And um, but yeah, I'm glad that you like that idea, man. So the, uh, I loved it. That's a good one. I loved it. And so, I, you know. well, um, looking towards your future, right? Yep. What does that hold out? What does it look like for you? Yeah. So I I I, uh, I just left my job in the mortgage business, and it, I'm I'm really excited. So it's kind of a new a new chapter. That was. That was uh, I, I prepared for it because that was a, a multiple six figure stream yep. of income for me. So I, I uh, set aside money and just prepared and and got involved in some you know deal as a as a limited partner. So I have some cash flow there, and we have we have all our our you know our income from the uh, CEO Capital Partners, the group that we have. And, you know, I just prepared for that. And, and now the, the goal is to just be focused. And, you went and, full time. Yeah, that's right. So focus is key. It's not a part-time business anymore. No, no. But it, I just, I look at it. It never was, but like you right. got to keep the daylights, the lights on until you get, and man, that, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Dude. Cause like, listen, well, a lot of people, you know, they come out, well, you know, you worked full time and you had to do this. You just quit. Yeah, that's right. You just quit. So, like, there's if if you're listening, I mean, like, that's what it takes. It takes if you've heard anything from Will. Hopefully, you're hearing the same thing I'm hearing is a a will and a desire to improve his circumstance. Yeah, and, and I, but, I no, I was gonna say I I just I um I was just tired of the the W two income and knew that there was no. There, there was no end. It was just the proverbial hamster on a wheel. And he is, just said he was I making was. a couple, you know, six figures, like two hundred thousand yeah. dollars, right? So now yeah. most people would say, "You're making two hundred thousand. Oh, you kidding me? You're you got it great." Let me say I heard one that word from a million people. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me let me give you one word: taxes. Yep. Because you take half of that away, you're like, oh sh. Huh. That doesn't feel good. 
But think about how hard you had to work for it. And every day and every month and every year, you've got to go redo the work. You start at zero every month. You know, it's a hundred percent commission. You start at zero and you got people calling you at 9 p.m. and disrupting family time. So servant, yeah, it was it was become a not servant a, to the to the to the people that you have to work with, right? That's right. It was like you um, doing your your house flips way back when. Yeah, and so if there's not a testimony, so most people would look at that and say, "God, you got a cush job. That's a great job. I would kill for that." And yet you're giving it away, and you're actually going to the unknown um, right now. But but it's not unknown because you know what it's going to yield. It's going to yield awesomeness that's right i mean it, it really already is. has right so yeah and, exactly and all you're doing is now is just now you play monopoly i mean you really it. i mean you're playing a full-time but you're you've you've crapped on the greenhouses and you're only playing with the red stuff now yep I'm, I'm trading in the greenhouses for the red hotels amen oh and that's that's all we buy it from from here on out um yep. that's that's what i love about monopoly is to make sure that you're playing with the red ones not the green exactly ones, right that's a, the greenhouse realize, won't, won't get you far <laughs> no i mean if you ever looked at that mortgage and you're like wait a second i don't get paid crap with the green ones even if i got four of them but when i got a red i now get your paid business. right <laughs> now you're right. doing business yep um, you know there's a lot to learn about monopoly too the nicer the property the more money you'll make sometimes right yeah, or, you know, like in other words, if you're buying in the ghetto, um, you know, it's it's not as great. If you're in Connecticut Avenue, you're not doing so well. But if you're over on Boardwalk, or no, what's Mediterranean? If you're on yep. Mediterranean Avenue, that's the first two that you can Baltimore, Baltic, Baltic, and Mediterranean. Yep. Ask me if the, the first ones. Monopoly. The first ones are the ones that are the D class ones in the hood, right? That's it, dude. <laughs> and right next to the hood is Park Place. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Boardwalk, just on the other side of the corner. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, but but it is, but it is a, is a is a wonderful game, right? Now, what it's would fun. you? What's the best advice you'd give to someone listening to the show right now? Yeah, the best advice that I would give is. Don't seek qualified advice from unqualified people. So you just alluded to it when you said that, you know, people were probably telling me making multiple six figures at, at in your 20s, that's awesome, that's cushy, that's just keep doing that and you'll be able to retire comfortably. And I was hearing that from everybody and their flipping brother. And it, it was unbelievable. And I would ask people, and looking hindsight's always 2020. Looking back, I would ask people, hey. You know, I, I stumbled upon this multifamily thing. It's it's pretty cool. I, I think I can leave my job eventually and blah, blah, blah. What do you what do you think? And I was asking these people that didn't own multifamily, they didn't even really own real estate. And they would they would all tell me, ah, that's kind of risky. I think I would just keep doing what you're doing. And the people that I would ask that owned what one guy owned a uh, self-storage place, and then another guy owned multiple apartments. He owned them outright. And I would ask those type of guys and they'd be like, oh man, that's an awesome idea. Yeah. You should get started right now. And they're like, yeah, a job, you don't, you don't want a job. Jobs suck. And they, um, you know, so, so my advice would be look at what someone has. And if it's what you want, if, if their life is, is something that you want to emulate and something that you want, ask them for advice because they're qualified to give it. And if, if it's not, then don't ask them for advice. Dude, bullseye. Yep. <laughs> that's drop the mic on that one. <laughs> that's that's 
I, I mean, that's true, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, so many people. The best advice you'll ever get is free advice. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. From people that are not qualified, and the qualified part is so true because really, you should be sharing your business ideas with business people. Not that's right. Not with people that have W two jobs. They don't just, ask an employee how to start a business. Yeah, they'll have no clue. Yeah. Right. And the, everything will be risky to them, right? Exactly. So that's, that's right. What What would you, um, if you could tell somebody that, you know, save them some pain, What what's the one advice you'd give to someone to say, don't do this? I think I would say, think bigger. Because I always, when I was starting out with my first house, and, and I'm really glad I did that, and I don't have any regrets, but... I wish I would have thought a little bit bigger because I remember I had a, a, a friend telling me about multifamily back then. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm not there yet. I need to, I need to buy these houses and then maybe buy a five unit and then a 10 unit and then, you know, just kind of graduate up. And I would tell people, skip the nonsense of single family and even the five units, 10 units, even up to, you know, 25, 30, 50 units. I would skip all that and I'd jump right into the stuff that you can afford to have an on-site property manager. And if you don't have the ability to, to do that on your own, then find partners because that's the way that you, it's a team sport. That's the way that I would do it. That's what I would, that's the advice I'd give. Oh, thanks, man. Listen, guys, listen to that. Yeah, if that's sage advice, I'm telling you, the multifamily game is a team sport more than, now be mindful of who you partner with, but I'm telling you, a lot of times I've not not had a, a partner on a deal, right? I've always had a partner on a deal of some uh, shape or fashion, and um, and that's okay. That's usually how deals get put together. And be willing, be willing to give up some of your put some sweat equity in if you have to, right? Like, don't yeah. get so greedy about what you need to make. Get in the game is more important. That's it. That that resume builder is the most valuable deal that you'll do even if you make even if you don't make a penny on it that's what gets you in the game and that's going to get you uh going to get you more deals where you oh, will man. eventually make money that's it baby well listen brother will thank you for coming on to the show for the 100th episode it's i mean i think we've told a pretty damn good story here uh-huh. it is a rags riches and you're only 26 26 is when i got married brother Oh, I was man. still broke as hell. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I <laughs> I have an awesome girlfriend and we likely will get married. So, um, um, you know, so but maybe, maybe but, 27, I say, <laughs> but here's what's crazy. That's almost almost at 27 or 27 and a half is when my life changed forever. Right. And that's when I yep. went to Hawaii and I met my first mentor that I call Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Bruce and, Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> And so I've been on that journey ever since, and it's been a long journey for me. I didn't find multifamily till 2010. I wish I would have found it a lot sooner, but like it's the greatest game that I know. I mean, it is Monopoly. It's it's playing with a lot of fun. Hey, if uh, so, let's talk about your uh, your podcast one more time. It's called Wealth Junkies. Yeah, it's called Wealth Junkies. If if you just go to wealthjunkies.com, you can get our ebook. We have a pretty cool ebook. And um, that's how you can listen to episodes and, and find us. What about uh, people that want to get hold of you? How do they find you? Other than that, email me at it's uh, will at ceocapitalpartners.com. Cool. 
Listen, Will, uh, man, thanks for taking your time. And, and, and you know, at 26 years old, um, you were wise beyond your years, brother. Trust me on this. Uh, thank you, Corey. Um, I, I like what's in those, between those two ears, you've done the work. And you're, oh, plowing, you're plowing the right seeds. And life is going to be forever different. I mean, uh, listen, there's a point in time when you're going to um, expand. And, and I just, I believe this. Now, I, I may be wrong. But when you grow past your father's business. Because it'll happen at twenty six, right? I want to smoke him. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? And it'll be the coolest thing that will ever happen because your dad will look at you and would be, and is going to be so happy that you are smoking him, right? Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a wonderful journey, but it starts with belief, right? You said it in the beginning. You saw something. You, it was different, and you started believing about it, and you, then you started educating yourself about it. And the more you educated yourself about it. Your belief even rose higher and higher and higher. Guys, in this life, you have to, it all starts with your belief. Because if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. <laughs> 